Welcome to the Christ Walk Church Podcast. Good morning, Christ Walk. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Awesome. What an incredible day to be in the house of the Lord and to celebrate graduates, this incredible milestone, and then we also get to continue on in this series, Five Dysfunctions of a Family. We're in week two, so if you've got your Bible or a smart device, I want you to go ahead and turn with me or swipe with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, the Bible is divided into these two big chunks. You've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. Luke is one of the Gospels. It is the third book in that second big chunk, the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and those are called the four Gospels because gospel means good news. And the reason it's good news is because those four books tell the story of Jesus. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about part of his story later today in Luke chapter 14, and we will land there momentarily. Um, Last week, we kicked off this series, and we talked about um, one of the things that dysfunctional families lack, and we learned that dysfunctional families lack discipline, but we learned that daily discipline leads to a lifetime of discipleship, and we talked about the importance of discipling our children, and what you just saw in front of you was an incredible representation of families who have discipled their children that at at 18 years old, getting ready to graduate from high school, that their kids are here, and they're part of a church, and they love Jesus And I couldn't think of any better way to celebrate that um, than than to honor those graduates this morning. Today we're going to be talking about um, a second thing that dysfunctional families lack, and that is proper priorities. We're going to talk about dysfunctional families lack proper priorities. So there's a guy named Kevin Cashman, and he's an author, and he wrote this book that's called Leadership from the Inside Out. And in that book, he tells of a story that takes place in pre-revolutionary Russia. And it takes place between a priest and a soldier. And as he records the story, he, he communicates that one day the priest was walking down the road and he was approached by a soldier who put his gun up to the priest's chest and said, Who are you? What are you doing? Or who are you, where are you going, and why are you going there? Who are you, where are you going, and why are you going there? And the priest, totally unfazed, looked back at the soldier and said, How much are they paying you? And the soldier, kind of surprised, he said, 25 kopecks a month. And the priest said, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. I'll pay you 50 kopecks a month if you'll stop me right here every day and challenge me with those same three questions. Who are you? Where are you going? And why are you going there? For truthful with ourselves, those are the questions that you and I need to be asking of ourselves as individuals and of ourselves as part of a family. Who are we? Where are we going? And why are we going there? See, The real question that I have for you today is, what is your purpose? What's your purpose? Who are you? Where where are you headed in the future? And why is that the direction that you're headed? What's the purpose? What's the reason that you've been placed on this earth? What is the thing that you are supposed to do? 
See, our, our purpose is defined as an intended or desired result, the end, an aim, or a goal. It's an outcome that we would like to achieve. But there's another word that's linked very closely to purpose, and that word is priority. See, priority is defined as something that is higher in importance, rank, or privilege. And if you're taking notes today, I want to encourage you just to write down this very simple phrase because this is kind of the, the foundation or the backbone of everything that I'm going to, to attempt at communicating today. It's very simply this. Our priorities determine our purpose. Our priorities determine our purpose. See, if, if your purpose is the end result, it's, it's the place that you're headed, it's, it's where you want to end up, it's the outcome that you would like to achieve, then, then your priorities are the vehicle by which you arrive to that end. Your priorities determine your purpose. But often, the purpose that we proclaim, it doesn't always match up with the priorities that we put in place. See, a lot of us, if you're like me and you're a Christ follower, you would say, my purpose is to live a life that honors God and puts him first. But then in reality, it doesn't always play out that way. Let me see if I can explain it maybe like this. If this container was your life, then your priorities would be the things that you put inside of it. So a lot of us, a lot of us, we, we have this life and, and we've got 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the same as everyone else. And we start to fill up our life or we fill up our time with certain kinds of things. And some of us, we, we fill up our life with binge watching Netflix and checking out the royal wedding. Did you see her dress? I can't believe it was so plain. Did you know it came from Givenchy? $180,000 for something that I've heard some women say, I could have stitched that together myself. We spend time scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and playing Fortnite. If you don't know what Fortnite is, find somebody under the age of 20 and ask them. Just get ready for them to talk your ear off for the next 17 hours. We spend our time trying to figure out, is he saying Laurel or Yanny? We don't know. Again, find a 20-year-old and ask him. We fill up our lives with that. And then next comes the things. These are, these are the non-negotiables. These are the things that we have to do. Like we've, we've got to go to school and we've got to go to work, and we've got to put gas in the car, and we've got to eat, and we've got to sleep. We've got to go to the bathroom. You know, there's some things that they just have to happen. It's not necessarily that we enjoy these things, you know, paying the bills and paying the taxes and, and getting the oil changed and all of that stuff, but, but they're there and we have to deal with them. And, and then there's, there's some other stuff. There's, there's, things like, there's things like our family and going to church, and our hobbies, and our small group, and serving, and on and on and on. And then we get to the end, and we realize there's something missing. 
our relationship with Jesus Christ has been totally left out. And, well, that's not going to work. That doesn't, doesn't fit. That doesn't make any sense. It's because our priorities are out of whack. See, this container represents your life. And if you go about things a little bit differently and we put things in the proper order, we'll see that things kind of play out much differently when we put Jesus and our relationship with him first. And then we go to church and we spend time in our small group and with our families and we come and serve and we hobby and Sabbath well and all of those things take place. And then, and then the, the non-negotiables. The doctor's visits and the oil changes. And, and then with the time that's left over, we check out the royal wedding and play Fortnite. Scroll through Facebook and Instagram. See, when we put things in the right order, we find that it all fits. There's even some room left over for some other good stuff. But it's all about priority. Priority is going to be the thing that will make us or break us. Here's the thing about priorities that you need to understand. In order to say yes to one thing, you've got to say no to something else. So in order to say yes to Jesus, you have to say no to something else. And in fact, that's the command or that's the call that Jesus was proclaiming to the people that were following after him in Luke chapter 14. Starting in verse 25, we find that Luke records, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. This was often the case. All of these throngs of people, they would come and, and they would flock to Jesus because he was awesome. He was just the kind of guy that you wanted to be around. And so they would fly and they wanted, to, they wanted to see the show. They wanted to see him raise someone from the dead or turn water into wine or multiply the bread and the fish to feed the multitude. They, they wanted to see all of those things and they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to experience it. And a lot of people that come to church, they come to church because they want to be a part of the show, they want to see it all, the lights and the smoke and, and the, the songs, and, and they, want to, they, want to be, they want to be able to say that I was there. It's the same way today as it was back then, and, and people are, are claiming to follow after Jesus, but, but the Bible says that Jesus turned to them, verse 25, he, he turned to them and said, verse 26, check this out, if anyone comes to me but loves his father, mother, wife, children, brothers, or sisters, or even life more than me. He cannot be my follower. Whoever is not willing to carry his cross and follow me cannot be my follower. If you want to build a tower, you first sit down and decide how much it will cost to see if you have enough money to finish the job. If you don't, you might lay the foundation, but you would not be able to finish then all who would see it would make fun of you saying, this person began to build but was not able to finish. If a king is going to fight another king, first he will sit down and plan. He will decide if he had his 10,000 soldiers and if they can defeat the other king who has 20,000 soldiers. And if he can't, 
Then while the other king is still far away, he will send some people to speak to him and ask for peace. In the same way, you must give up everything to be my follower. Salt is good, but if it loses its salty taste, you cannot make it salty again. It is no good for the soil or for manure. It is thrown away. Let those with ears use them and listen. See, this is the thing that Jesus is calling his followers to. And if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, then guess what? You're off the hook. You don't have to live this way. But if you do call yourself a Christ follower, then guess what? The onus is upon you. It's time for you to to step up and to begin to live life in accordance with what Christ is, is calling and compelling his people to do. And so there's four considerations that we all need to take in terms of what it takes to follow after Jesus Christ. Four things that we need to consider. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write these down. Four things that we need to consider when choosing to follow Jesus. The first of them is there's a process to be considered. We need to consider the process. Consider the process. In the passage we just read, Jesus said, If anyone comes to me but loves his father, mother, wife, children, brothers or sisters, or even life more than me, he cannot be my follower. What? But... Jesus, you don't understand. Those are all good things like my relationship with my parents and and my relationships with my brothers and sisters and my wife and my kids. and, And like, you know, this is a series about family, right? No. If you love those people more than me, you cannot be my follower. You can't even love life more than Jesus. You cannot be my Follower. Here's the process. He says, whoever is not willing to carry his cross and follow me cannot be my follower. The process to follow Jesus Christ is to pick up and shoulder that cross every single day. It's to crucify yourself. Nails in your hands and your feet, just like he did every single day. Day to follow Jesus, guess what? It's not about us. It's not about us. Following Jesus is not about us. Being a part of Christ Walk Church because we're about following Jesus, guess what? This church is not about you, it's about Jesus. That's the process. He is the process. And if we are not willing to turn our back and deny everything else and put it in second, third, fourth, fifth place to where he becomes first, and we're not willing to take up our cross and follow after him each and every day, not just on Sunday, not just when our small group meets, every single day. If we can't do that, then Jesus says, I'm sorry, you can't be my follower. So you need to consider the process. Second thing you need to consider is the price. Second thing you need to consider is the price. There is a price to be paid for following Christ. Verse 28 of Luke 14, we just read it. He said, if you want to build a tower, you first sit down and decide how much it will cost 
to see if you have enough money to finish the job. If you don't, you might lay the foundation, but you would not be able to finish. Then all who would see it would make fun of you saying, this person began to build, but wasn't able to finish. And how many of us jumped into a relationship with Jesus and we got halfway in and thought, I don't really know if this is for me. Like, this is hard. Like, there's some places that I can't go anymore. And there's some things that I can't do anymore. And there's some people that I can't have as a part of my life anymore. And there, there's, some, there's some stuff, there's some behaviors that I can't participate in anymore. And this is what following Christ is about? You mean I got to be different than everybody else? You mean I can't use that kind of language anymore? You mean I can't watch those movies or, or look at that stuff on the internet anymore? That's what it means to follow Jesus? I, I, that's not really for me. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. We didn't want anybody to know. So we just like stayed a part of church and stayed a part of those circles. And we're just pretending. It's because we didn't consider the price. Man, following Jesus, guess what it costs you? Everything. That's what it costs you. Everything. Life in Christ is free, 100% free. But it will cost you everything to follow him. There's a price to be considered. You don't just jump in. Nobody, nobody would, would put a down payment on building a house and, and, and get into it. And then, and then it gets to where, you know, it's, it's just... It's just the walls are going up and there's no roof and everything. And then you, well, wait a minute, we're out of money. But yet that's some of us, how we live our lives in Christ. We're only in like halfway because we didn't consider the cost up front. And so we're not able to finish. Jesus isn't calling you to be in halfway. He's calling you to be in all the way. There's a process to be considered. There's a price to be considered. Thirdly, there's a position to be considered. Following Christ can put you in a peculiar position. Luke 14, Jesus continues, he said, If a king is going to fight another king, first he will sit down and plan. He will decide if he and his 10,000 soldiers can defeat the other king who has 20,000 soldiers. And if he can't, then while the other king is still far away, he will send some people to speak to him and ask for peace. What Jesus is saying is, to follow me, it's like going to battle. You are in a war. And guess what? You're on the side that has 10,000 soldiers to their 20,000. All right, because it's a whole lot harder to be a part of this army than it is to be a part of that army. And there's going to be a lot of times that when you're following me, that the situation at hand is going to look pretty bleak. And you're going to look out and you're going to say, wait, we are way outnumbered. I don't know if I can do this. And he says, that's what you're signing up for. That's what you're signing up for. But man, that sounds hard. You're right. It is hard. It requires something of you. But Jesus is, he's, he's, he's setting it up to where you got to put your faith and your trust and your hope in him. 10,000 soldiers versus 20,000 soldiers on paper. The 20,000 are going to win every time. 
So it's forcing our hand to put our trust in him. He is the general leading the army of God. Are we going to put our faith and our hope and our trust in him? Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, you're going to be outnumbered. Yes, it will be difficult. Yes, there is risk. Yes, you can lose your life for it. But it's worth it. But you got to consider the process and the price and the position it's going to put you in. Because those three things, they will cost you everything, even your own life. Because that's what it takes to follow Christ. Here's what I want you to know. I don't want this to be a place that we candy coat what it's all about. All right? I'm not going to be that kind of preacher or that kind of pastor. Following Jesus is tough. You know what? Getting things, getting your priorities straight and lined up the way that they need to be, it's hard. I don't even get it right all the time. It's difficult to do, but it's the better way to live. And so... I, I, can't, I can't not stand up here and say these kinds of things because this is what Jesus was about. Is this the more difficult way to live? Yes. Is it the better way to live? Absolutely. But we've got to consider the price and the process and the position. But we also got to consider the fourth thing. That's the prize. There's a prize to be considered. The end of our passage for today, Luke 14 Verse 33, he says, in the same way, you must give up everything to be my follower. Okay, so I've got to give up everything. Well, what do I get in return? That's really what we want to know. What, what are we giving this up for? You know, when, you, when, you're on a, when you're on a sports team and you're putting the hours in in practice and you're in the gym, and, and you're, you're lifting weights, and you got all that sweat equity. You, you want to know what you're giving it up for. And there, there's a trophy. There's a, there's a prize to be won. There's a, a championship that you're going after. And so that's what makes it worth it. All that time, all that effort, all that energy, all that sweat, all the stuff that you put in, it's so that you can, you can attain that goal at the end. You've got your eyes fixed on the prize. We're doing this so that we can win the title win the championship, get the trophy. That's what we're doing it for. And so you want to know the things that I'm having to pay out, what is the return on that investment? Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, you've got to give up everything. And everyone's asking, what's the return? And then Jesus answers with this really weird kind of thing. He says, salt is good. I mean, think about it. Like, think about like hot buttered popcorn at the movie. And you got like a big like 79 ounce Coke. <laughs> and some goobers. Little chocolate covered peanuts. And you're settled in. And then you reach your hand in that hot buttered popcorn. You put a big, you know, we don't eat popcorn one thing at a time. We eat popcorn like we haven't eaten in three months. <laughs> You know, it's falling all over the place. They didn't put salt on this. And your big bathtub of popcorn is now suddenly worthless. Because salt is good, right? Can I get an amen? Anybody like their salt up in here? Salt is good. 
It takes popcorn from something you would not eat at all whatsoever to something that you are like, you're jumping in the tub and eating your way out of it. That's the, it's, salt is the difference maker here. And he says salt is good, but if it loses its salty taste, you cannot make it salty again. It is no good for the soil, can't be used as a fertilizer. And, and here's what it's saying. He said it's no good for manure. This is what Jesus is saying. If you're only in halfway into this thing, you're not even good enough for poop. That's, you can look it up. It's Luke 14. If you're not going to go all into this thing, you're not even good enough to be sprinkled out on top of poop. That's what he's talking about when following him. He says it is worthless to have the whole world. I'm sorry, I got ahead of myself. It is thrown away. That's what the salt is thrown away. Mark 8, 35 through 36 says, those who want to save their lives will give up true life. But those who give up their lives for me and the good news will have true life. It is worthless to have the whole world if they lose their souls. What Jesus is saying is to only be in this halfway, to only come part of the way, to only build part of the house and then run out of money, to only get in and not having counted the cost, to only, to only get in and to find out that it's hard and that the numbers are stacked against you and then, hey, I, I think I only want to do this just in mediocrity. I don't want to go all in and everything, that it's totally worthless, that there, there is no prize at the end for those people, that you're doing this for nothing. It's worthless. Ain't even good enough for poop. It's no good. But for those who are 100%, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9.24, he says, You know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run to win. What's the point of all of this? It's eternal life in heaven. See, all this stuff, the royal wedding and the, the laurels and the yannis and the, all of this stuff that we see around us, our jobs and our cars and, and our houses and our families, and one day, it's gone. And if that's what we've run the race for, if those are the things that we've run the race for, then what have we won? It's worthless. If those are the things that we're prioritizing, those are the things that we're putting in first place, then when our time on this earth is done and when they dig a hole and they put us in the ground, that's what we're going to have, a hole in the ground. But Paul says, in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run to win. Run to win. Don't just be in halfway. Don't just be in a jog. No. Don't just be in because you get some cool new Nikes and a nice little, no, that ain't what it's about. Like, be in it to win it. Be in it to win it. If you're going to be salt, be the saltiest salt that's ever salted. If you're going to run, run as hard and as fast and as long and as far as you possibly can. 
If you're going to follow Christ, follow him all in with everything, holding nothing back. Lord, even if it kills me, I'm in 100%. I am all in. Following Christ, it will cost you everything here on this earth. But it will gain you everything once this earth comes to an end. It will cost you everything here in the temporary. But it will gain you everything in what is everlasting. That is what Christ is calling us to today. Because our priorities determine our purpose And as Christians, as Christ followers, our purpose is to live lives that glorify and honor Jesus Christ in every single thing we do. Not just 99% of the things that we do, in all of the things that we do. And we have that in proper alignment so that everything that we do, everything that we are, that we are moving our families and ourselves constantly in the direction of Jesus Christ over and over and over. And we take that out into the dark places of this world and we utilize our own personal walk and the walk of our families and the things that we're accomplishing together and we're looking at other people and and we're shining light into those dark places and we're saying, hey, come on, come on, you gotta get with us. You gotta get with this because we're going to Jesus and we're not pointing people at ourselves. We're pointing people to Jesus because that is our purpose here on this earth. Before we were Stitched together in our mother's womb, God set us apart for a special purpose. And it was so that we could live lives that would honor and glorify him and point others in his direction as well. But it's all about priority. It's all about priority. Are the things that you have given precedent, are the things that you have put in first place, are those things getting you closer to the goal of living a life that glorifies and honors God? Are those things helping you lay hold to the everlasting life, the prize that will never rust or destroy? Or are you storing up treasures that one day are going to come to an end? Are your priorities helping you to achieve your God-given purpose? It's a question for all of us to answer. Are my priorities as an, event, as an individual helping me to achieve my God-given purpose? Are mine and my wife's priorities as a married couple helping our marriage to achieve its God-given purpose? Are my wife mine and my kids' priorities helping us to achieve our God-given purpose as a family? It's a question that we've all got to ask and we've all got to answer. If you're truthful with yourself, would the answer to that question be something that was temporary and insignificant? Are the things you're living for too small than what you should be living for? See, this is the way God's called us to live. This is the goal. We put him first in everything. That all the other stuff, it's just icing on the cake. Can't give him our leftovers. He deserves to be first place. In our lives as individuals. And in our families. 
And the real question would be, if, if we made this tiny shift, it's not even a big shift. If, if we just made this tiny shift and we brought things back into alignment the way that they needed to be and we started to live our lives this way, how could that make you a better person? How would it make you a better employee or a better student? How would it make you a better husband or wife, father, mother, brother, sister, child? What might that do for you? And what might that do for your family? If you began to live your life with proper priority. I got to be honest, I, I think that if we were all willing to take a hard look at ourselves in the mirror and figure out the, the things that were out of whack in terms of our priorities and, and get them under control to where God is first in our lives and everything else revolved around that. If we were all, just, just the people that are gathered here in this room today, if we were all able to make that shift the ripple effect that would be created and the legacy that would be left behind and the impact upon not just this church but, but this community, this, this city, this county, this, this area would be exponential. If those of us that claimed to be Christ followers would realize that there's a process and there's a price and there's a position. But if we're willing to get things in the proper order, we can get the prize. And the prize is something that's going to far outlast anything that this world has to offer. And laying hold of that and taking a step into that and living that kind of life, becoming a Christ follower, i got to be honest, it's not easy. It's hard. We've got to crucify ourselves daily. And even though it's not hard, or even though it's hard, and, 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 and even though it's not easy, you know what it is? It's worth it. It's worth it. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Blake, you know, like that kind of challenge, that, that seems like something that I'm up for. I'm, I'm willing to pay that price. I'm willing to go through that process. I'm willing to be put in that position because I would like to receive the prize of eternal life. That when my time on earth is done, I want to know that I know that I know that I'm going to spend forever in heaven with Jesus. If that's you, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. It's based on three very simple building blocks that you learned when you were in kindergarten. A, B, C. A stands for admit. We admit that we're sinners in need of salvation. B is for believe. We believe in Jesus, that he was God's son, that God sent him to the earth to die in our place. And they put him in the grave. And on the third day, he, he rose again from the grave, defeating death and hell in the process. And then the C stands for choose. You and I have to choose to follow him. Choose to surrender our lives to him. Choose to 
go through the process and pay the price and assume the position so that we can receive the prize. If that's you here today, I want to invite you to pray this prayer along with me that's on the screen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe Christ died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Christ Walk Podcast. For more information about Christ Walk Church, please visit thechristwalk.com.